Is anybody standing on the promises of God today? I don't think you heard me. Is anybody standing on the promises of God on today? If you knew what God had promised you, what it means to be a king's kid, you would definitely be standing on those promises. Man can lie to you, the world can lie to you, and everything else can lie, but one thing God will not do is lie. And we can stand on his promises. Amen? I would love to give honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith, to the shepherd of this house, Dr. Charles Darden, and the first family of St. John's Amy Zion Church, to my pastor, Reverend Damon Harrison, and his bride, Charlotte Harrison, to all ministers of every rank and file, to brothers and sisters in Christ, to the saints and the ain'ts, the haves and the have-nots, to everyone under the sound of my voice, I bring greetings from York Memorial AME Zion Church, and I greet you in the matchless name of Jesus the Christ. We will be reading Joshua starting in the second chapter, starting at verse 8. When I uh, will be reading, I'll be reading from the message version, but you are welcome to read whatever version you have. We've heard it read, but I'll just read it again as we prepare for the word. Amen. When you have it, say amen. Amen. And the word declares, before the spies were down for the night, the woman came up to them on the roof and said, I know that God has given you the land. We're all afraid. Everyone in the country feels hopeless. We heard how God dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you left Egypt, and what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you put under a holy curse and destroyed. We heard it and our hearts sank. We all had the wind knocked out of us, and all because of you, you and God, your God, God of the heavens above and God of the earth below. Now promise me by God, I showed you mercy. Now show my family mercy and give me tangible proof, a guarantee of life for my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, everyone connected with my family, save our souls from death. The word of God for the people of God, and let us say thanks be to God. And the topic as mentioned is help a sister out by helping her up. Pray with me. Father God, it is I, standing in the need of prayer, oh God. God, you've given me an assignment on today. Lord, I ask that you would use me for your glory. Hide me behind the sacred desk. Move me out of the way, O oh God. Decrease me and increase in me ever the more. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. Prepare us to be receptive to your word, O oh God that we may hear a word that will not only feel good, but do some good, O oh God. Lord, have your way in this place, O oh Lord. 
saturate this atmosphere with your Holy Spirit, oh God. Remove any distractions, any hindrances, or anything that will interfere from us hearing what you will have to say to us on today, oh God. Lord, I thank you, God, for not forgetting about all of us here today as we remember you on this Women's Day program. Oh God, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We love you and we magnify you. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Help a sister out by helping her up. Being a woman in today's society comes with many responsibilities, obligations, and commitments. We're expected to multitask, and some of us are still trying to master the art of being in more than one place at the same time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The kids have to be at school or they have a sporting event. Uh, you have to be at work or in an appointment or the house needs organizing, the food needs cooking, the clothes needs washing. We have to attend the means of grace. We have meetings and reports that are due and sometimes we barely have time to breathe. Yes. Yeah. Yet, we go through our days trying to be there for Lottie, Daddy and everybody. But the truth is that some of us are more Martha than we are Mary. We are more busybodies being there for everybody and we neglect ourselves in the process. And that's a whole different sermon, but I just want you to understand that as women, I know we got it going on. We have to be strong. We have to have a strong sense of identity. We have to be confident. We have to have the wisdom and the know-how to get it all done in one day. We have to be grateful for what we have while still being hungry enough for growth. Some of us have gotten so good at pretending to be okay when we are not that we don't realize how much the fire has gone out of us. We're just going through the motions. We're just surviving and not thriving. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? But can I help a sister out today? Being a woman is something phenomenal. We are the only species through which God allows a soul to pass through from his realm into our world. We endure pains, and they say that some men couldn't handle the pain of childbirth, but we're expected to endure the pain, keep up our appearances after we're done, go with the flow, raise up the children, take care of home, and be all that we can be. And somewhere along those lines, we still have to find time to tend to our wounds. Those wounds that we don't tell anybody about. Those wounds that we have that sometimes are so deeply hidden that only God knows about. Those wounds that won't heal with no Band-Aid, won't heal with no doctor's advice, won't heal with no medication. But those wounds are there. And we can pretend they are not, but they are. Now some of us carry it well, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't get heavy. Amen? I have some news, ladies. We were not meant to do it all by ourselves. We need help. 
We need to be able to be vulnerable sometimes. Yes, we yes. need a shoulder to lean on every now and then. Yes. We need a trusted ear that we can speak to. Yes. We need a safe place that we can just take our mask off and be yes. ourselves. Amen. Some of us are saying today, Lord, help us sister out. Yes. But before we can ask for help, we must be real enough to admit that we need the help. Is anybody going to keep it real with me today? Does anybody need some help today? Are you standing in the need of prayer? Are you in need of something that God is the only one can fix? That he's the only one that can open the door for you. He's the only one that can make a way. He's the only one that can put the ram in the bush. He's the only one that can fix something for you on today. The Bible declares that we can Look to the hills from whence come our help. Amen. So God knew we were going to need some help or he wouldn't have told us where to look for it. Amen. But we must be real enough to admit yes. we need help. Oh, there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too heavy for God. There's nothing too deep for God. The song says that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. We got to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And when we truly acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our path. Does anybody believe that today? Have you ever been on a crooked path that the Lord had to straighten out for you? Have you been in some places that you didn't know how you were going to get out of, but God surely straightened out that path for you? Is anybody in here willing to trust the Lord with all of their hearts this morning? Now, as we look at the text, Rahab knew she needed help. She knew that whatever she was doing wasn't going to be able to protect her and her family. She knew she couldn't do it by herself. She knew she didn't have what it takes. So she asked for help faithfully. She asked for help in humility. And she asked for help boldly. They say that closed mouths don't get fed. But the word says, you have not because you ask not. Now imagine if Rahab asked not. Imagine if she was too proud or too shamed to say, I need help on today. She would have missed the opportunity to meet her future husband. She would have missed the opportunity to create the son that some of us are still waiting for, our Boaz. She would have missed the opportunity to praise the Lord. And she would have missed the opportunity to be in the genealogy of Christ. Now we can help ourselves by learning from Rahab how to ask for help when we need it. Be it from God or from one another or both, we cannot be too proud to ask for help when we need it. Sometimes we need a good friend to call on. We need someone we can trust. 
We need, sometimes we need counsel and therapy. But I tell you, my sisters, if nobody is available, I know one that is. If you can't find anybody to cry with, God is there. If you can't call on anybody, God is there. You can get on your knees and make a call to our Father who are in heaven. I'm telling you now, if you can't trust nobody else with it, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. He cares for you. He loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's never too busy for you. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. And God had an answer long before you made it your problem. He is an on-time God, and he can help a sister out today. We praise God. We praise God. Rahab. She was a woman and she was described as a harlot or a prostitute. And the text tells us that her home was built into the walls of Jericho. Now we don't know why Rahab chose the path that she did. We don't know the things she endured in her line of profession. But we can dare to imagine that she probably had to do some things she wasn't too proud of. Some of us have done some things that we aren't too proud of. Amen. Amen. Some of us made some choices in our past that we too have subjected ourselves to things that we shouldn't have. We've allowed some people into our homes and in our hearts that did not deserve to be there. Amen. We've tolerated some toxic people and inappropriate behaviors even in our household. Amen. And the truth be told that we should tell some people, I accept your apology, but access is still denied. That's why I don't judge my sisters. I don't judge Rahab because can't nobody in here cast that first stone. I'll be the first to admit I've made some choices that put me in some hot water. But I'm so glad that I heard the songwriter say, I'm so glad. Trouble don't last always. Is anybody glad that trouble don't last always? Is that anybody's testimony on this morning? Trouble don't last always because we know Jesus and he took all our troubles when he went up on that cross. So it can't stay, it has to go. And I'm thankful that I can say what happened before is not who I am now. Praise the Lord. Rahab. She was mentioned about 14 times in the Bible. She was referenced as a prostitute or harlot more than she was identified as a woman, a wife, a sister, a mother, a daughter. Here she is, a woman who's using what she knows how to get by. She's perceivably doing the best she can with what she got. The Bible doesn't tell us much about her background or why she chose prostitution, but we can gather that she may have been a young woman in a rather large family because when Rahab mentioned her family, when she was petitioning the spies to spare her family, she did not mention a husband or a child. Now back then, if you didn't have a husband or male children as a woman, you didn't matter to society. There's also speculation that she may have been from a poor family and 
The family couldn't afford a dowry for all of its daughters, nor could afford to continue supporting them when they became adults. So either way her story goes, she would have been without financial support in the culture that requires you to have a husband. And it's also alluded to the fact that since her house was built into the wall and not within the city walls, that she might have been in the overflow section. Yes. Now when I say overflow, I don't mean that as a blessing. Yes, when I say overflow, it means that where those could not make it into the walls, they ended up over there. Some of our neighborhoods have that section. I was raised in the hood, and that's what I believe Rahab stayed in. She was in the hood section of town, the ghetto side of town. And without adequate housing, without adequate funds or means to provide basic necessities, we can entertain the notion that she felt like prostitution was her only way to make a living while struggling in poverty. In those days, being a woman is nothing like what it is today. That's your shouting moment, ladies. We have rights today. We have jobs. We have a voice. We know our place in society. We have the ability to earn a living. We can be dominant in the workplace. We have resources, we have tools, we have access to education and transportation. We can preach in the pulpit, come on somebody. We can run and do what we need to do. We don't have to wait for someone else to tell us we can or cannot. We as women have come a long way. But there's still social injustices that exist that permeate through the lower income neighborhoods. That even though some have access to these tools I mentioned, they're still not readily made available to all. So in the grand scheme of things, there are certain things like poverty or being a single parent household that impacts our ability to provide basic needs for ourselves and our families. So we can try to turn our nose up to Rahab, but I contend that some of us have some Rahabs in our families right now. Some of us might be Rahab right now. It's easy to sit back and offer alternatives to someone's living condition, but I wanna help a sister out today that God says that you should take the speck out of your own eye before you try to take it out of someone else's. We can't come into the house of the Lord and judge each other for things that we condone in our household. We can't expect to condemn the world and then allow unsaved people to live in our household doing unsaved things. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So if you are a member of my house, you're going to be saved. Because I'm going to minister to you before I minister to someone else. I'm going to pray for you before I go praying for someone else. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. I'm not going to enable you to live any kind of way you want. I'm going to take it and start at home and see the change that I want to see out in the world. And that's what we have to do in today's society. We have to start at home. Whether it's your church home, your physical home, and even starting with ourselves. There's no denying that we're all going through something in these last and evil days. 
But God is calling us today not yes. to be judgmental, but to be compassionate yes. for yes. one another. Yes. If the sister didn't speak to you today, maybe she got her head busting before she came to church. If the sister didn't respond to your text, maybe she's going through yes. something. Yes. If she don't pick up the phone and call you first, maybe she's going through something. Yes, yes, Everything is not a personal attack. Everything yes, is not to be taken offended when we take a compassionate approach and just wonder just maybe that sister is going through yes, something. Yes, maybe instead of talking about her, I need to start praying for yes, her. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Maybe instead of, instead of judging her, I need to see how I can be of assistance yes, to her. Maybe I could just send her an encouraging text and just let her know it's going to be all right. I got your back behind your back. We cannot be the type of sister that sits in judgment because we all fall short of God's glory. We never know when it might be us. We never know when we might go from up to down. We never know when trouble going to come. We never know when our kids are going to go through things and everybody's talking about our children. We never know when them bills are going to hit. We never know when sickness will hit. We don't know when it will be us. So we can't go looking and pointing out somebody else's porch until we sweep up around our own first. God knew all about Rahab's history, just like he knows about ours. Now that may seem like a word of condemnation, but it's actually a prelude to some good news. That even though God knows some things about us that our friends and family may not, even though we've done some things that we are not proud of, he still sent his only begotten son. The word says that for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And I don't know about you, but I know the blood was good enough to save me. The blood was strong enough to wipe my slate clean. I know what God has done for me. Do I have a witness in here today? Has the blood of Jesus wiped your slate clean? If it hasn't, the good news is still can. And I don't know about you, but I know that the blood saved me. I heard about a man who died on Calvary, who took my place, who bore my sins, who paid a price for me that I can never repay. The song says that one day I was lost and Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood that saved me. How many of y'all know it was the blood? How many of you know it was the blood? Oh, God, we thank you for the blood of your son Jesus on today. Father God, we thank you for your only begotten son. Rahab didn't know about the blood. She only heard about God. She heard about the great power and the miracles. And even though she was living a sinful life, just hearing about how powerful God is, she decided to change. As a matter of fact, it's probably because of the life she lived and the company she entertained, how she even heard about God in the first place. Yes. It's also how she was able to let the spies come into her home and hide on her rooftop. That's, right. That's why we cannot give up on each other and we cannot give up on God. Amen. Amen. Because even in the midst of chaos, yes. 
even when everything is breaking loose, even when it seems like everything is falling apart, God can still come in and turn it around for our good. When we make the decision to give our life to Christ, God will do some things that the world won't be able to understand. There's some people right now wanting and hoping and wishing that you won't make it. But when God says you're coming through, when God says he's bringing you out, when God said that's not your final destination, it don't matter what they say, it don't matter what they think, it don't matter how they plot, it don't matter what they do, because you put yourself in Christ's hands and he said, you're coming out better than when you went in. We yes, praise God. Yes, God. Even though Rahab was dead wrong in her sin, yes, God still had a plan even for her life. That's right. That's right. Yes, she was living wrong, but he still sent somebody to come see about her. That's right. That's right. Even though you messed up, my sister, yes, maybe the temptation of whatever it is is too strong for you to resist. Yes. I'm here to tell you that God has not forgotten about you. He still has a plan for your life. Sometimes we think that if we messed up, that means God has thrown us away. If you ever wanted to think about Rahab, reflect back to her life and how he still had a plan for her. He will send help whenever we ask. And there's some things, truth be told, we can't do without Jesus. We cannot be a Christian without Jesus. We can't be on the deaconess board without Jesus. We can't even deal with some of our church members without Jesus. I'm just being honest. There's some times that we cannot do certain things without Jesus. And so we must be like Rahab and admit, Lord, I need your help. This thing too big for me. It's too heavy for me. I can't do it. I feel myself going back to who I used to be. God, I need you to give me the patience. God, I need your strength. It's okay to admit that I need your help with this situation right now, Jesus. God, he's so awesome. He can turn any mess into a message. He can turn your test into a testimony. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I don't care how messy the situation seems, how big the problem seems. If you invite Jesus in, he will help you clean it up. He will help you take out the trash. He will evict some of them demons out your house. I'm telling you, he will even give you some new furniture like some footstools and tables. I know the Lord I serve. He's just that good to us. There's no better place to find your help than with Jesus the Christ. We love you, Lord. When Jericho and his great wall came tumbling down to the ground, Rahab and her family remained untouched and intact. I, I can't help but get excited when I think about that. Here they are in the very walls that everywhere else is falling down. Can you imagine how she felt? Feeling the, what felt like an earthquake and seeing everything around her crumbling down and hearing the tremors and the trumpets and screams and people being slain to the left and to the right. And yet her and her family remain unscathed. 
the word of God declares that a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. With your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you. I don't know about you, church, but that is some kind of good news to my ears. That with everything we have going on today, to know that because I chose Jesus, that he gave his angels charge over me. That even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, uh, surrounded by COVID-19, monkeypox, and polio, nothing will touch me because Jesus gave the angels charge over me. Glory be to his name on today. You got to know the benefits of being one of the king's kids. Yes, I am a king's kid. Is anybody else a king's kid in here today? Is anybody else a servant of the most high God on today? I don't know about you, but I can't sit down on my praise. Because God has been too good to me. He's brought me through quite a bit. He's kept me when the walls around me was falling down. I shouldn't be here today. I should be dead, buried in a memory. But God saw fit to keep breathing his breath in my lungs. He saw fit to give me a savior for my sins. He saw fit to say, Lord, you are going to be my preacher. He saw fit for me to be a woman in this day and age. He saw fit for me to say, God, I am here. I surrender it all to you. He handles my problems. He pays my bills. He takes care of everything from head to toe. When I mess up, he helps me get back up. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you know about the God I'm talking about. But he's been mighty good to me. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He's been good to me. If you don't know who you serve today, good news is it's not too late. He didn't come back yet, but we don't know when. So if you know like I know, you better get on the right side. Because he could come any day, any hour. And you don't want to be caught up on the wrong side when he do. You need to be like Rahab and just heard a word and said, Savior, I invite you in. Come on in and have your way in the name of Jesus. He'll be the bestest friend you ever had. Oh, he'll give you the best protection no insurance can provide. He'll understand you. He'll love you. He'll heal you. There's no other place that's better to be than in the arms of Jesus Christ. You'll truly understand what it means when they say with God all things are possible. Did he say half? Did he say one third? He said all things are possible in the name of Jesus. Rahab didn't know what it meant to be covered under the blood, but we do. But she had a crimson string. That was her token, her guarantee of being saved. It was a reminder to Rahab that she would be safe and sound in the arms of the Lord. The cord kept her firm in her faith and kept her eyes on the prize, which was the promise of the spies. The crimson cord today symbolizes God's grace and mercy towards Rahab's family. But our crimson cord is the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for you and for me. 
That's the reminder that when we go through things, we are blood covered. We are protected by God's grace and mercy. God wants you to know that he got help and help is on the way. Amen. He's got it. He's sending it. It's on the way. Praise be to God. Now, I wouldn't be a Methodist preacher if I didn't give you three points. So here are my points. God wants to help us up by our faith, by justifying us, and giving us a way to be saved. Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not. Even in the midst of her hardship, in the midst of her sin, in the midst of the impending doom of not knowing how her story would end, she still had faith in God, a God she barely knew. She merely heard of God and the things he'd done, and that provoked her faith unknowingly. She hadn't been to nobody's church. She hadn't been baptized. She hadn't heard nobody preach. She didn't receive the right hand of fellowship. She hadn't attended the means of grace, nor had she sang in the choir. But God thought it not robbery to still go and see about her. I want you to know today that whoever you are, wherever you are, you may not be churchy enough for the world, but that's all right. You may not know every hymn, but that's all right. You may not know every scripture word by word, but that's all right. You may not know protocol or who to call, but that's all right. Because what you need to know is you'll hear a word about a man who healed the sick in a faraway land. You may have heard about a man who took your place on the cross. And no calculator in the world can come up with that cost. You need to know that he took your sin and let it die on that cross. Now, you may have heard about a man who can turn your life around with a faith the size of a mustard seed. If you don't know who that man is, can I tell you his name today? His name is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, whose blood can turn a negative report into a positive report. He's a man who knows everything you did and still took your place and died and rose from the dead for you and for me. Is anybody out here know who Jesus is? Is anybody glad that Jesus loved us enough to take our place? Lord have mercy. I thank you, Father God. You took my place. Hallelujah. When you have faith in Jesus, he will come see about you. When you place your faith in Jesus, he will work it out for you. When you put your faith in Jesus, you can tell Satan, get thee behind me and he going to flee. It starts with our faith in Jesus. That God will then change the trajectory of our story from being guilty to justified. Which leads me to my second point. James 2 and 25 says, Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? Rahab's faith changed her allegiance from being that with man but with God. The king sent people to her house with the expectation that her allegiance was to Jericho. Now, with her situation, she could have said, uh, yeah, I'm gonna turn them in, let me get a little reward money, I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. Uh, she could have taken advantage of the situation, but she chose to side with God. 
She refused to betray them to the king of Jericho. At that point in time, I believe she knew who her true king was. She even pretended that they had already escaped before they shut the gate and she sent them on a wild goose chase. She put her life on the line because if, she had, if it had been made known that she betrayed her king and her city, certainly she would have been crucified instead of justified. Her actions rendered her to be justified. Now the good word tells us that faith without works is dead. And Rahab said, Lord, I want to live. Yes, yes. And God helped her yes. out by helping her up with her faith. Amen. And she put in the work under her faith to become justified. That's right. That's right. Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Church, when we activate our faith in God, God extends his grace. We can't focus on what it looks like. It takes courage to be a Christian sister. It takes courage to be a follower of Christ. It, it takes gumption. It takes wisdom. It takes discernment and determination. And we cannot be somebody who won't stand for something because then we'll fall for anything. We have to be willing to be like Rahab and stand for what is right. We've been given an advocate. We've been justified. We can have Holy Ghost boldness. We can stand up to the adversary. Hallelujah. We can stand up to conformity. We can stand up to police brutality. We can stand up to socioeconomic disparities. We can stand up for the underdog. We can do the right thing even if everybody else is wrong. Too many people want to please man. But my sisters, I say today, we must please God and God alone. If God says stand, you stand. If God says go, you go. If God says hush, you hush. If God says sit, you sit. But you've got to be willing to please God. If it means disappointing man, oh well. If you got a problem with what I'm doing, take it up with God. Because you ain't got no problems with me. It's not going to be an easy task. God never said the weapons wouldn't form. He said they wouldn't prosper. So if you know you're working for the Lord, you can tell that old accuser that you've been justified by the blood. You can speak truth to power because you've been justified by the blood. You can pray for the sick because you've been justified by the blood. You can leave your failures, mistakes, and everything you've done in the past because you've been justified. We're justified because we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. And the word declares for who the Son sets free is what? Truly free indeed. Leads me to my third and final point. Being free to be saved is a beautiful thing. Joshua 6 and 25 says that, and Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. Yes. Jericho was a rough place to be. The road to Jericho was even rougher. It was down in the valley of sorts, right on the side of the Jordan River. And when Jesus spoke of the parable of the Good Samaritan, the setting took place on the road to Jericho. Rahab lived in Jericho and 
as we kind of figured out, she lived in the hood part of town and she entertained strange men in her home and faced all kinds of danger and even being subjected to those things, she knew that there was bigger trouble coming. Yeah. Yeah. She knew that she wanted to be saved from that kind of trouble. Amen. She heard about what happened yeah. and she desperately wanted to save not only herself, but her family yeah, from that sir. danger. Now the text tells us that she confessed to the spies that they feared the Lord our God. She asked for a sign or a token to give her certainty that she and her family would be kept safe. Now before escaping to the nearby hills, they instructed Rahab to tie a crimson cord on her window and that would be her token of safety. Now I want you to know something today. When you ask God to help you, when you truly give it to God, when you take your hands off of it, he will come and see about you. That help is on the way. If you need a token or evidence, if sometimes the problems get too heavy and we might forget, sometimes it ain't always black and white, it gets a little blurred, it gets a little gray area, we human, we want to have faith, but sometimes like the Bible said, I believe the Lord help my unbelief. Go to John 3.16. It tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's your token today. Rahab didn't want to perish with her country. She didn't want to suffer the wages of sin, which is death. Rahab's story starts when the spies entered her home, but I feel safe to believe that she was worried about what was coming before they got there. I believe she was asking this God she barely knew for some help, and then they arrived. Somebody in here has been praying for their children and their family. You've been fearful of the things that's going on in the world, possibly impacting your family or your home this pandemic and all the things that we see happening every single day. Ain't but so much hand sanitizer we can use to protect everybody. We take all the precautions we can to keep us and our loved ones safe, but can I tell you it'll never be enough if you don't give it to Christ. Verse 12 says, now promise me by God, I showed you mercy, now show my family mercy and give me, give me some tangible proof. Church, I'm happy to say our tangible proof is Jesus the Christ. He can save us and our families from anything and everything. He can protect us in the fire. He can save us in the lion's den. He can part the Red Sea and the Jordan River. Jesus is our token. He's our get out of jail free card. He paid the price and rendered the verdict to be not guilty. Do you trust him today? Do you believe in Jesus today? Do you think he could work it out for you today? I don't know about you, but I know who I serve today. Do I know who handles my problems? I do. I know it's going to work out for my good. He is my token and I will not let go. I know because he told me so. Y'all heard my bio. In the beginning, Reverend Ruby, she made me sound so important. 
Bless her heart. But what y'all didn't hear is I used to be homeless. I used to live in a 97 Chevy Astro. I don't know if y'all know what that looked like. I was abused. I was bullied. Betrayed. Hurt. I've endured many things. Some things I didn't deserve, and truth be told, some things I did. But one thing I know I didn't deserve was the unconditional love of Jesus. When he took all my hurts, yes, my yes. mistakes, yes, my shame, yes, my sins, yes, the tears I cried, yes, the times I wanted to give up, yes, the times I didn't get up, yes, the times I chose to do wrong, yes, he still took my place on the yes, cross. Yes, he did. Thank you, Lord. Yes, he did. Thank you, Lord. Yes, when I think about that, I feel humbled. I used to be concerned about what people thought about me. I don't care anymore because I focus on what Jesus thinks about me. He thought enough about me to get on that cross. He did it for me. He did it for all of us. If you don't know this Jesus, you need to get to know him for yourself. You need to know this man I'm talking yes, about. Lord, yes, Lord. Those of us yes, that know, we know. Yes, yes. And we want you to know if you don't. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes. There's a song I'm going to speak. I ain't going to try to sing it, y'all. But I'm going to sing this song, and then I'm going to take my seat. And the songwriter says, What kind of love would bear my sins? Redeem my soul from all of them. To call an enemy a friend. This love I cannot comprehend. Jesus did it all for me. Yes, he's the one of whom I speak. His sacrifice was oh so great. And his mission was to save. He died on Calvary. Yes, he took my penalty. He rose again with the power and he is alive this very hour. Over church, he's coming back to reign upon his throne. So listen to the master's call. Come to him and give your all. No matter what you may have done, forgiveness is for everyone. In Jesus Christ, you can be free and live with him eternally. Your Lord and Savior, he will be. If only you will believe. Jesus will be right there to help you up and help you out, my sister. If only you will believe. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless Thank you, God. The word has helped us up today, even though they had never their 